guide me in your love. Bring me to my knees. May I know Jesus more and more. Come live in me. still standing, let's go to the book of Isaiah. We'll be reading from chapter 40, verses 28 through 31. And I I might say to you before I read, the whole issue this morning is how great is your God? Now my God's great. The question is, is your God? as to who will be our God. And we know that Jeremiah and Isaiah and some of the others have said, you know, you are my God, great God. But sometimes we don't say that. 
Sometimes we'll say our work is our God or our family is our God or our, our well-being is our God or our money is our God. But this morning I want us to look at how great God truly is. So God's word, Isaiah chapter 40, beginning with verse 28. Do you not know? Isn't that interesting how that is asked? Like, come on, guys. Come on, ladies. Don't you know? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. So ends the reading of God's word. And you may be seated. So the question this morning is, is that your God? If that is your God, look at the promise that is there. If I can say to you, do you not know? Have you not heard? If you haven't heard and if you don't know, well, listen. We will share with you not what I say, but what God's Word says to us this morning. Well, as I said, this morning is give me a break morning. It's kind of retreat morning. Did, did you like the background to the words of the songs there? Did you notice that? Or did you just see the, the words? You know, sometimes we miss the message. You know, here it's March, and it feels like it's January. But when you can look at the waves and see them, oh, and today we're going to talk about give me a break, because we tend to miss the things that maybe should be obvious. I want you to watch a video here. I want you to see something. Let's look. And this test. How many passes does the team in white make? The answer is 13. But did you see the moonwalking bear? Okay, but wait a minute. Some of you are still thinking, what bear? What moonwalking bear? Who did not see the moonwalking bear? 
Yeah, you know, we saw this at the men's breakfast one morning, and we looked at it, and I thought, okay, I'm going to really look for the moonwalking bear. And I missed it again, even when I was looking for it. So I said to our AV people, I said, we're going to run it one more time so that we can find the moonwalking bear. So those of you who did not see it, you'll trust us that there really was a moonwalking bear. Okay, let's watch. I'll let you know when it comes. It comes from the right and it goes left. You're welcome, Dan. I'm doing this for you, buddy. And this test. How many passes does the team in white make? Don't watch the team in white, no. folks. Here it comes. There it is in the middle. Look, look. There it goes. All right. How many did not still see the moonwalking bear? <laughs> if you did not, I cannot help you. I am sorry. You know, why do we play that? Well, I, I play that for you because there seems to be in life something that we miss. That we get so caught up in doing our everyday things, our tasks, that we get directed to so many things in our life that we forget to look for the obvious, or maybe not quite the obvious, but something that possibly we should be concentrating on. This morning, I want us to look in this time of chaos in the world, this time of, of where we are constantly going, that we might be able to stop just for a moment and see God in all of this. To see this God that we are talking about in Isaiah chapter 40, to see a God that is an almighty God, to see a God that cares about you and me. And wants to make our lives worthy. Wants to make our lives worthwhile and valuable. You know, I, I guess I'm not so good at waiting. Are, are you any good at waiting? You know, I, I, I don't like to wait. I like to do. But, but I'm not good at it. You know, I, I find myself sometimes, you know, I, I'm the oatmeal maker in the house, all right? You know, I, I go for the five-minute oatmeal making, not the one minute, the five-minute. But I'll turn the stove on and I'll put water in the pan, and I have the hardest time waiting for that water to start boiling. In fact, do you know if you push down on the pan real hard on the stove that it speeds things up? Do you know that? Now, some of you engineers or scientists, you'll tell me afterwards why that happens. I can't figure that out. But I know if I put, push it down hard, it starts boiling sooner. And maybe it doesn't really. Maybe I'm just doing something, so that takes up my time. But, but I'm impatient that way. What about on the Internet? Do you get tired of waiting for it? Do you remember back a few years ago how long you had to wait you know, first there were, was it 1G? I don't even know if there were 1G phones. Then there were 2G phones and 3G phones and 4G phones. And now they're advertising about when 6G phones come, you can trade up to that because it will be faster and you'll save how many seconds? You know, we get tired of waiting. And yet the problem with that in this world today is we have to find a way to bring God 
into what we are doing. And, and I don't even like saying it that way. In fact, it probably is very inaccurate to say it that way. We should never have to bring God into anything. We should be so close to God and God so intimate with us that we walk a life, we live a life where God is who we are and we are who God is. This weekend, and some of our men are up at the men's retreat, this weekend we were talking about prayer and how often we should be praying and how we should be praying. And we started talking about, well, we need to pray like this and do this and do this and do this. But the whole point was forget all that we should be doings and how we should be doings. But the point is get so close and intimate with God that His life is the life that each of us lives. And as we look at this, this vacation, this getting away from the world and getting with God, let me reemphasize to you that the same is true that we need to be drawing close to God. And God's word says when we draw close to him, he will do what? He will draw close to us. This morning I want us to look at this whole idea, this concept of waiting with God. And I want you to know it's really nothing new. Clear back in Old Testament times and New Testament times that people we see in God's Word were waiting on God. In fact, not only were they waiting on God, they were waiting for all kinds of things. Let's see how good you are here. This is your quiz. Abraham and Sarah waited for what? Wow. I heard different answers. What do we know about Abraham and Sarah? They were getting kind of old, right? had no child right and who did God give them Isaac good now you're with it Abraham and Sarah waited for Isaac Noah waited for what yeah, the flood and then he waited for the flood to go away yeah for the land to come all right Joseph waited for freedom his time and power, right? Jesus waited for us. <laughs> Good answer. I like that. Jesus waited for, what did he say numerous times? My time has not yet come. He waited for his time to come. Mary and Martha waited for, yeah, Jesus. Remember, Lazarus had died. They had asked for Jesus to come and heal him. And so they waited for Jesus to come. The disciples were told to wait for what? The Holy Spirit. Very good. What a good congregation. And all believers are waiting for what? Jesus to return. Very well done. You see... This morning, as we look at this passage in Isaiah, we, we see the people in, in really a difficult time. They were discouraged, and so God had come to remind them of just who He is. And let me tell you that God is still in control today of those who place their trust in Him. Just as the people there, if they would just place their trust in Him, that He would reward them. Remember the verses that we read there. Do you not know, have you not heard, 
the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. So what is this art of waiting on God? How do we do that? I mean, I guess I get tired of of preachers getting up there and saying, well, you ought to do, you should do, you better do, and then say, okay, that's it. I'm not going to tell you how to do it, but you figure it out yourselves. I'm going to tell you how to do it. And then you're going to say, well, isn't there an easier way? Well, probably not. Number one, and by the way, you have a back of your bulletin. If you want to write these down, there's room there to do that. Number one, in waiting on God, and that is that we are to know that He cares. We are to know that He cares. Do you truly believe that God cares about you? You see, that is utmost important there. Because if you believe God does not care about you, well, what's the worth? I mean, why do what we do? Why even come? Why even talk about God if he doesn't care about us? And what's the big deal? But God does care about us. And we need to know that God cares about us. In the passage in Isaiah, it gets down and talks about the eagle. And it's kind of interesting. I read the other day about what an eagle's nest is like. And really, you know, the eagle's nest is all set up, and we'll talk about that later. But, but what happens is the baby eagles, what are baby eagles called? Eaglets. Very good. The eaglets are there in the nest, and, and they have to wait there, don't they? They can't get out and go find food. They can't find water. So they wait in the nest for mother to bring back the food and the water for them. Do we find ourselves like baby eaglets sometimes? And maybe we should be like baby eaglets. Wait upon God to give us what he has for us. I do find it interesting that as they wait, what are they like? What have you seen those pictures of baby eaglets there? They're making a fuss, aren't they? Because they're hungry. Because they're thirsty. And yet they can't do anything about it. They have to trust that the mother eagle will provide. My friends, we are in a nest and we have to trust in God. Trust in His presence. Trust that He cares about us. Trust that He will take care of our needs. By the way, do you think these eaglets in the nest that they, when the mother brings them some food, oh, good, dead rat, that they say, we don't like dead rat. We're not going to eat dead rat. You think they begin to cry out and say, no way, we want, well, you figure out what baby eagles like. We want that. And what are we like? You know, we say we wait upon the Lord. We say we want what God has for us. And then when God brings us, what do we do? We squawk and we cry and we scream and we say, we don't want it. We want what we want, God. And if you really are God, you'll give us what we want. 
You see, we got everything kind of just turned around there. Hmm. Know that he cares about us. Know that he will provide for his children. The second thing in the art of waiting on God is to know that storms are inevitable. Storms are inevitable. Things are going to happen. Do we like it that way? No, we don't like it that way. If we had our preference, we would pray, oh God, give me this and give me that and help me not to be tested or tempted or have harm come upon me or sickness come upon me. God, do this. God, do that. Isn't that usually our prayer today? Aren't we usually asking for what we want? But understand that storms are inevitable in our lives. And not only are they inevitable, but they can even be productive. Now see if you're like me. I mean, when, when I'm in life and living it and things are going well, I begin to get this sense of security. I begin to get this sense of, I'm in charge. I'm in control. I can do all of this. Oh, am I so good or what? Do you get that kind of feeling? And yet it's when the storm comes along that all of a sudden I realize that I have no power over anything. I cannot dictate anything. I cannot make secure anything. And all of a sudden I realize that, okay, God, I really, truly need you. I, I really, truly need you to, to provide for me, to take every aspect of my life. I need you, God, but it isn't until those tough times come that I realize that I truly need God. Now, if we were smart people, you would take my word for it and say, trust God right now. Know that he is the creator of all things, that he provides all things, and then we don't maybe have to go through those tough times. There's one problem with that. You know what that problem is? You won't listen to me. And two, you won't do what I tell you. And so God almost says, don't worry, Steve, I'll take over. And tough times come. But in those tough times that we can grow and become strong in him. You know, I, I read this, and I don't know if it's true or not, but it kind of sounds neat, so I'm going to tell you, that an eagle, as these eaglets are, are getting bigger, the eagle will come and it will begin to scratch the nest. And where there are the feathers and maybe wool or cloth that it's found somewhere or leaves or something, it will begin to scratch those things until it gets to a base layer. And in that lower layer, there are sticks and there are sharp stones that the eagle has gathered together. And pretty soon, it is not a comfortable place to be. And the eagles then get the urge to, gee, I can't stay home any longer. Gee, I, I better get out and do something. By the way, parents, here is a message to you, free of charge, that you got to kick your eaglets out sometime. you got to make it for them so it is not as comfortable. I heard of one family just yesterday that it's got to the place where 
the kids are at home and they're going to start being charged rent. You know, they're 21 or something. Yeah, Paul's all for it over here. And pretty soon they're going to realize, you know, I have to pay rent and I have to put up with mom and dad too. What is with that? I mean, I, I know what I speak of. We did that with our daughter. She came home from college. She had her degree. And it was, you know, I think I'm going to take a year off. And we said, okay, where are you going to live? Well, I'm going to live at home, of course. And we said, okay, we're going to charge you rent. What? It's my house. No, it's our house. And then she started adding things up, putting up with mom and dad and paying rent. That doesn't sound good at all. Okay, I guess I'll go look for a job and see what I can do. Okay? You know, it wasn't easy for us to do that. We love her, but we love her so much we had to make the nest a little sharp so that she would begin to build the strength of her own wings. Yes, storms are inevitable. The third thing in the art of waiting on God, and that is knowing that waiting is dependent upon us. Waiting is dependent upon us. Well, of course. I mean, you could have figured that one out, right? We have to come to the point where we realize that we have to make that a priority. If God is going to be involved in our life, if God is going to be the mainstay of our life, we have to make that decision and say, yes, we want God to do that. And what does that take? That takes faith in God. Always so difficult. We have to trust God enough to know that he's worth waiting upon. That we can stop striving to do it all ourselves. Now, we ought to do a lot ourselves, but we also have to understand that God is there for us, and we need to be there for God. Not that he needs us, but he likes us. And we have to understand that even going through the fire, we have to trust that God will bring us through that. That as those storms come, that no matter what happens, God is there. I like this one thought. Believing in the impossible, looking for the unseen answers, hoping in the times of hopelessness, and knowing without knowing why or how God will take care of us. Are you going through a difficult time right now? Is something happening in your life right now that you're thinking, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. This is where our faith is tested. This is where we have to come and say, God, I truly believe you are who you are. You see, this waiting upon God is dependent on us taking part. We have to be a part of this equation. There's a fourth thing here as we learn the art of waiting on God, and that is that we need to know that God can be trusted. 
it ties in with this last one. And sometimes in our lives, it is very hard for us to understand that if we have not been through a difficult time, through a trial. Have you been through a trial in your life where you've come to the point where you say to yourself, God, I can't hold on any longer. I got to hold on to you. And God says, well, it's about time. You know, when are you going to learn that you need to stop holding on and you need to hold on to me? You see, God wants our faith. He wants our trust. He wants us to see him as a God who is a great God who can provide for our needs. Did I say needs? I'm sure I meant wants, right? Okay, maybe not. He provides for our needs. Not so much our wants. It gets back to that prayer thing, doesn't it? The, the area of saying, I want, I want, I want. Hmm. Instead, God, all I want is to be close to you. All I want is you to be in control of my life. You know, we all are going to go through these valleys. We can't always be on the mountaintops. But it's in the valleys that we find God. It's in those valleys that we hear that still, small voice. You ever get in your life so rushed and harried, so upset and anxious, that all you can do is just hold on and listen for that still, small voice? I like the words of this song. It says, the God on the mountain is still God in the valley. When things go wrong, he'll make them right. The God of the good times is still God in the bad times. The God of the day is still God in the night. So why then is our reaction so often like the reaction of the baby eaglet. Why is our reaction when the winds, when the storms come? Why is our reaction one of wah, wah, wah? Woe is me. What am I going to do? The world is over. My life is terrible. God, what am I going to do? Why can't we take that break? And say, God, you are the God of everything. You are the God who controls everything. And, and, and yes, God, I may not understand. In fact, I don't. And yes, God, I, I don't see the path or the light in the tunnel. But God, you are God. And I am yours. And I know that you care about me. You know, I, I think maybe the reason that we sometimes fail that fiery test is that maybe we're spiritually bankrupt. 
when those rough times come, when those hard times come, do we find ourselves looking deep within to say, oh, how can I handle this? How can I survive this? And there's nothing there. Why do you think this morning I'm talking about this whole idea of waiting on God? Because I'm hoping right now, and, and, and maybe nothing's going on in your life that's tragic right now, maybe you'll listen to me right now. Because you know, if something tragic happens to you, and I come and say, Dan, you need to trust in God right now. Draw upon that which is inside of you. Trust God, it's all going to be fine. If Dan's in the middle of a storm, he's going to be like, I don't need to hear that stuff. Doesn't he understand I'm falling apart. Doesn't he understand the world around me is falling apart? I'm, I'm telling you now so you can start building up what is there and what can be there. Because the storms are coming. Did anybody ever tell you that? They didn't. You weren't listening. The storms are coming. I want you to be prepared. I, I want you to know that God is there with you and you can trust God and He cares about each of us. So, let me close with the thought of the benefit of waiting upon God. I mean, this is take a break Sunday. Oh, we can look at the waves and the ocean and the sunset and go, ah, that's good. And yet, we can't all go to Hawaii, can we? Look at the results in verse 31. It talks about renewed strength. Those who wait upon the Lord, there will be renewed strength, spiritual and emotional and sometimes even physical. It talks about that we will soar on wings like eagles. You know, we eagles use the winds of storms to allow them to go higher, not to drag them lower. Have you ever thought whether you could answer the call in a tough time? If you could stand strong for God when it really got difficult? Have you ever wondered about that? People have asked me, well, you know, Steve, will you be able to stand strong when the times are tough? And of course, my answer is always, of course I can, I'm the minister. Hmm. You know, I really will not know until those times get tough. I really will not know if in the middle of persecution whether I can stand up for God. If the end times are coming and your life was threatened, you can, and they say to you, you either denounce your God or you die. Could you do it? Could you stand strong? Could you say, my life is God's, you can't take it from me? Wow. You know, until that time comes, we won't know. But one thing that we are doing is trying to build us up so we learn to wait upon God, so we learn to, to hold on to God, so we learn to trust Him and know that He cares about us. 
soar on wings like eagles. Run and not grow weary. Run what? Run the race of life. And not grow weary in what? Facing the life's races, the storms that will come. And then it says, walk and not be faint. You know, there have been times in my life where all that I could do, the best that I could do, was to not faint. Have you been in some of those times? When you can't even think about what's going to go next or what the plan's going to be. It's just like, oh God, oh, that's okay. Walk and not faint. And when we wait on Him, He will lift us up. You know, thinking of that ocean, have you ever had a child or a grandchild and you've taken them down to the, the ocean and you're on the beach with them and the waves are coming in and going out and, and they start running around as little children will run around and you'll say, don't go into the water. Why do you say that? Because you're mean? No, you say that because you care about them. You're afraid that, that the wave will come and sweep them away. And, and like all good children, they do exactly what you tell them, right? Actually, they start running for the water and then you start running for the water because you know that there is danger there and you care about that child. Just stop to think how much like God's children we are. <laughs> Don't go eat of that fruit in the garden. Okay, where is it? That's what we're like, isn't it? Don't do. Don't do. And we go do what we want and God still loves us and holds us. You know, wait upon the Lord. Let me close by reading you a paragraph. I would tell it in my own words, but I can't tell it as well as it's written, so I'll read it to you. It says, if you are facing great trials and tests right now, then lift up your head. Look to Jesus because your answer is already on the way. Don't allow Satan to destroy your victory. Don't allow him to convince you that all is lost. Don't listen to his deceiving, lying voice. Listen to the voice of the Lord and the Word of God and lift up your head for your redemption is closer than you think. It won't be long until this world and all of its troubles will be left behind. We shall see the King in all His glory. We shall be like Him and be with Him in heaven. What a wonderful day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face and behold his grace. But until then, my heart will go on singing. Until then, with grace, I'll carry on. Until the day that my eyes behold the Savior, I will put my faith and trust in him. I will wait upon him and he will not fail. Amen. Amen.
Let's pray. Lord, thank you that we can trust in you. Thank you that we can wait upon you and waiting is good. Let us take a break today, Lord, out of the busyness of this day. May we take a break and seek you. May we continue to do that until it becomes a part of who we are, that you and I are one. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If we could have the ushers come now to receive the offering.
<laughs> you know, I want to soar on the wings of eagles. I want to walk and not be weary. Wow, I run and I get weary. I'd just like to walk and not be weary. You know, let me, let me take a little different twist on this whole theme, okay? And I, I really hadn't thought of it until I got into this 24-7 and, and looked at the study. And I don't know about you, but I, I sometimes think that, okay, my vacations are for me to get away, right? That's what vacations are, are all about. The problem is, and maybe you're not like me at all, but sometimes I think in my head that, that my vacations are for me to get away from everything, even God. Now, how many of you spend, don't raise your hands, how many of you spend time on your vacations really to get closer to God? You see, it's rather interesting that, that we find ourselves getting away from work, getting away from the stresses all around us, so that we can be free, so we can be renewed, and yet we don't even consider who our renewer is. I shared with the men last night, they asked me, what are you speaking on since we're not going to be there in the morning? What are you speaking on? I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember. And then I started thinking, okay, it's on 40. Blah, blah, blah. So I said, okay, here's what I'm talking about. And, and one of the things we're going to talk about is you don't take a vacation from God. In fact, you take a vacation to draw closer to God. And I said to him, how many of you, when you go on vacation, you just run and run and run? You got to see this and you got to see that and you got to do this and you got to do that. One of the husbands said, oh, that's my wife. You know, I just want to sit there in the sun and do nothing. But she wants to go see everything. And she has it all planned out. And we're tired. Every day we're tired. And we get home and we're tired. We're glad to be home. Hmm. Take a break. Maybe that time is to draw closer to God. Maybe before you begin your strenuous day, maybe it's a time of praise and worship of God together. Huh, interesting concept, isn't it? Hmm, that might even work. So sun and surf and God. Wow, you got more time. You can't blame, I'm too busy. Just a thought. Let's pray.